You're listening to the Private Practice Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, John Clark, helping you build a better business without all the overwhelm. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Dina Ward, um, uh, website designer, Squarespace guru, uh, very talented copywriter at simpleandsoulful.com. She's the uh, the one who actually just did my newest website for my new practice in San Francisco. So um, uh, I really think highly of Dina. It's a great conversation, covered a lot of ground, the whole website process, branding, copy, tons of stuff for you to extract from this episode and start implementing right away. So um, before we dive in, just a quick um, kind of note that if you want my help in growing your practice, then our new up-level coaching program uh, is exactly what you want to look into next. You can just go to privatepracticeworkshop.com, scroll down, click on uh, up-level coaching and apply for that program that meets with me every single week um, to help you grow your business. Uh, You also get access to a private Slack channel with me and a couple other therapists that are in the program. Um, Great way to kind of accelerate your business, get lots of hands-on help from me and my team and uh, have that consistency every week. So again, that's up-level coaching. Uh, Head to privatepracticeworkshop.com. Um, at the end of the episode, I cut Deanna, uh, Dina off a little bit, so you'll hear that kind of end abruptly, but uh, other than that, it was a fun one and pretty flawless. All right, let's dive in. Dina, welcome to the show. First little factoid that I found out is I've been saying your name wrong for months now, and you should very <laughs> politely let me get away with it. So thank you for that. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Welcome to the show and thanks thanks for doing this. So a little background as to how um, we met. Well, I found your link in the very footer, the very bottom of a footer of a site that I really loved and was like, wow, this person knows what they're doing. So I better reach out. And um, I have a bit of a high high bar for... um, uh, for web designers and stuff. And we, I mentioned, I used to run a website company, a marketing company. And so um, just spotted your work and was really excited to hire you. So you built the site for my new practice in San Francisco, which went wonderfully. I just get com- compliments on the site constantly. People are even Aww. copying it every now and then. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> it turned out really well, but anyway, we I had just such a great time working with you and a lot of therapists since then have have reached out and starting to build sites with you and stuff. So anyway, I'm just happy to have you. And maybe you can start by just filling in the intro a bit more as to kind of who you are, maybe how you started in design and then kind of like what, um, why does design matter to you? Or like, why does this, this, um, this kind of uh, um, uh, fields matter to you so much? Sure. Well, thank you. Thank you for the compliments um, coming from you. That means a lot because uh, I've seen what you do in the world and the level at which you do it. So to be in your sphere is something. It's a compliment. Thank (laughs) you. Um, But anyway, my name is Dina Ward. Yes, um, I am a Squarespace website designer. I work with people who feel overwhelmed by technology feel intimidated about pulling all of the parts and pieces of a great website together. Mm. Everything from SEO research to 
messaging that resonates to branding to great design that's efficient and strategic. And there's a lot to think about. So Mm -hmm. I am a one-stop shop. I think that's what kind of makes me unique. You don't have to manage a bunch of freelancers. You can just work with me from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, because we've built on Squarespace, you have a website that's very easy to maintain. And I know you're all about leveling up your practices and businesses. So with Squarespace, a great Squarespace website, um, you can scale it and evolve it as your business changes. So that's an amazing and, part of it. Yeah. 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 And then how I got into design, I did not set out to be a designer or a copywriter. <laughs> I, I have um, degrees in English and French. And over the years I've worked, I've had many incarnations to my career, but prior to this version, I was a project manager for a startup um, in Lincoln, Nebraska, the Silicon Prairie. And um, I saw these technical people building these beautiful products. And I started tinkering and playing. And eventually, as some startups do, they run out of money and I was jobless. So I took an inventory of my skills, my talents, my interests, and I just took a chance. I cobbled together a little website. My husband was scratching his head (laughs) at the name of the business. But in the end, I, I built it from my kitchen table with three kids and pets and a husband who ran a restaurant. And wow. here we are seven years later. So, yeah. That's amazing. The, the project management piece makes a lot of sense because um, well, I, I didn't know when I signed up with you all that, you know, what the process would be like. But from our initial phone conversation, you made it really clear that you had a process to follow and you even knew like exactly when the project would start. You were very clear about that. And then every step of the way, you um, you managed the process extremely well, which I think is uh, a major downside with a lot of talented design web designers and developers, right? Is like they could build a great site, but um, they might tell you it's going to be three weeks and then it's six months from now. And you're like, wait, did, didn't I hire that person? They're not responding anymore. Like, where's my dude? Where's my website? Um, so anyway, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Say more about building that process of um, how you actually manage the the projects. Also, given that there is a lot of back and forth, there is a lot of like brainstorming in the beginning. How did you kind of design that process? Well, you know, I figured everything out in my business as I went along. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there, as you know, you work with a lot of business owners. You, there's this tendency to overanalyze and try to think of everything up. And I think that's impossible because you really don't know what you need or what your clients need until you start doing the work. So I, my process probably in the early days looked very different from what it is today. I've optimized it over time. But I think what helped me a lot, and I learned this through my work as a project manager, was keeping track of how I spent every minute of my day, mm-hmm. you know, cause sometimes when I would estimate how long it would take me to design a logo, I would think, Oh, it takes this many hours. But then when I would actually look at the reality, it took me this many hours. So it helped me figure out how much time I needed for each phase of the project. Mm. And then it also helped me educate my clients. You know, this is what we're going to work on first. This is how long this takes. Mm. Um, And then if I get to a point where something wasn't working, it was time to change it, tweak it, 
mm. upgrade it. You know, I always say when <laughs> I have I have periods of time where, where the wheels fall off the wagon in anything I do or I become <sighs> disenchanted and yeah. I always remind myself I am the common denominator in all my problems. So <laughs> it's never my client's yeah, like fault. That. It's it's mine. And and so I have to yeah. dig in and figure out where the inefficiency is and fix it. It's interesting, right? Because any, uh, like a good brand builds trust in many mm-hmm. ways, whether it's through the messaging, the appearance, also the interaction with the brand. So in this case, right, like you showing people that you have a process that you've got this, so to speak, gives the customer a lot of confidence. Um, and again, I, I our therapists listening can glean a lot from this, whether you are building websites on the side for the therapist or managing your own practice and thinking about what is the experience in those touch points with your brand when someone reaches out to your therapy practice and says, Hey, I'm interested in therapy, right? And you don't email them back for seven days. And then you, you know, have this back and forth thing about scheduling just by email instead of like a widget or just, you know, just little <laughs> things like that and leveraging technology that those those touch points and, and build trust immediately and it sets the tone for the rest of the experience. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. when I was teaching graduate school, I was teaching undergrad, um, you know, a big lesson I learned was it's up to me to kind of show students how to be good students. And if they failed, it was in part on me, right. For mm-hmm. not being clear, not delivering, um, you know, what they needed, right. Not supporting them enough, not showing them how to be good students. And I think it's kind of similar for a business. You really have to for show sure. people how to be good clients, especially in a project like a website where it can become unmanageable <laughs> fast, right. Or it can have right. like, you know, scope creep and all these different things where, um, it, it can get out of control, especially if the, the client, um, their anxiety is all over the place or whatever, you don't manage them in a process. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know, you know, when people hire me, they've been in this place of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. They've either, they've either DIY it or they've worked with someone and they haven't been pleased. Um, and they're, they're really overwhelmed and it's an investment. It's not inexpensive, right? So there's layers of vulnerability. And I just feel like my job as a business owner is just be the leader and take them by the hand and tell them, okay, this is what happens first. And then this is what's going to happen. And then this is what's going to happen. And and it's right to your point, John, that it just builds that trust. And people don't <laughs> kick and scream or stiffen up. But I know you have an infant when my kids were little <laughs> and they didn't want to do something, they just stiffen up. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> Can't get yeah. you in the car seat if you're a stiff exactly. support. Exactly. We called it stiff baby. Yeah. <sighs> so, but yeah, just letting people relax and trust me. It's so much easier if people trust me to do what I'm really good at. And they wouldn't trust me if my process was just all over the place and by the seat of my pants. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's interesting because also there is a a vibe, so to speak, similar to choosing a therapist. Like there's a web designer for everyone. There's a therapist for everyone, you know, arguably and uh, or theoretically. And so part of it is also when people see your work, for instance, they're thinking like, can I see myself in a brand like this? Right. Um, When you, when you start the branding process, like, can you walk us through that a little bit? Or even for therapists listening, maybe they're building their own brand or wanting to, to work with a pro. Um, what are some questions that you ask people early on to kind of help their brand come to life and take it from just an idea in their head um, to something you can actually start 
building uh, into mm-hmm. a mood borders, which is what you did with us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's a journey, um, you know, with any aspect of my work, whether it's branding or the website design, I ask a lot of questions and, you know, you filled mm-hmm. out my questionnaires. Yeah, they're, they're, they're workbooks and then mm-hmm. we go deep. Um, essentially, I want to understand your business through your lens. I want to understand where you're at, where you want to go, who else is in your industry, um, who is aspirational, who you look up to in your industry. I want to know all about your ideal clients, who you want to work with, who you don't want to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I want to see aesthetically what appeals to you. Lots of times my clients, well, my clients fall into, I would say, probably two categories when it comes to branding. They either know what they like, like you were very specific, you knew what you liked, and that Mm -hmm. was really really easy. Um, But I have some clients who don't know what they like, but they know what they don't like. So if I can see not only what you like, but what you don't like, it just really helps me bring that into focus. Um, Again, it's all about me being able to see your business and your goals through Mm -hmm. your lens. And then my process with design starts out with Um, I pick some compass words that evoke how we want people to feel when they interact with the brand. Mm. And um, so that's the starting point. And then I find some imagery that, you know, evokes that essence that we've selected with those compass words. And it just keeps it's, it's like the compass words are the starting point. We just start to unravel. If we get the compass words right, then we get the imagery that feels aligned. And then the imagery starts to inspire me with symbolism or patterns Mm -hmm. Um, and then what I present to my clients um, out of the gate is a pdf document that has three concepts Mm -hmm. from three different angles of their brand personality because people are so dynamic and Mm -hmm. complex and you know, they might want to see a logo with some script, but then they also like sharp lines and clean, you know, minimalism. So I like to show them different examples and that usually they'll say, nope, nope. Yeah. I like this one, but could we do this? Yeah. Keep going with it. And Mm -hmm. then we start that, that refinement process, but ultimately the brand at the, at the core, it has to appeal to who you're trying to attract. Mm-hmm. And it also has to give you a sense of confidence. Mm-hmm. So there's that's that's the the spark it has to inspire confidence in the people you want to attract and inspire you to feel confident. Yeah, it's it's interesting going from <clears throat> words or you, you call as you call them compass words to a visual. That gap would be the hardest for me to kind of uh, bridge, I guess. Um, also the. I was always apologizing when I was working with you because I was like that client who's like, all right, I want something to be really edgy and modern, but also classic and timeless, you know, <laughs> like really edgy, but also conservative in some areas. Yeah. And you're like, okay, got it. And you just rolled with it the whole time. But it's kind of like if you watch HGTV or something and it's like, you know, we want, uh, um, again, it's like, we want something that's super modern, but also very traditional at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and the, mm-hmm. the realtor here, the designer is always like, got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind well, of rolling with it. Yeah. Because it's, it's so interesting with design. There's, there's really no right answer. I mean, it's, it's like the stars in the sky at night. There's, 
millions of options. Um, So I'm open to all of it. And I'm open to, you know, I always, when I, you apologized a lot, I have clients that do that or they hem and they haw and I'm like, just give it to me straight because literally this isn't about me. So it's not going to hurt my feelings. This is about you. And the more you give it to me straight, the more it brings it into focus for me. Even if you think it's bad feedback, it's not, it's just helping me Mm. kind of align what I'm seeing so I can see what you see. Yeah. We, you know, and we had that moment where, um, again, I thought I knew what I wanted and had a really clear image. And you actually built exactly that image in the mood board (laughs) and you built it perfectly. And then I just went, oh crap. Like it was like late at night. I was thinking about it and I was kind of like, oh crap, that's not the one, you know what I mean? Like we're about to build a house that looks like this, or, you know, we're about to decorate all the walls and all the furniture. And I'm like, it's beautiful. I love it for someone else. Right. Yeah. And I loved it in theory yeah. until I started to imagine myself walking around that room. Right. Or like coming into that room at night. And it's like, oh boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> I better, I better, I better speak up now. And we made that departure, but like, I just couldn't see myself in that brand, so to speak. I couldn't see that people or that even people would see it and go, oh, that's kind of a, a John Clark sort of brand, right? Especially with my other brands, other websites, it needed to kind of tie in for me. And I just needed to kind of love it and feel like it was um, it was there, right? And, and so you had to feel confident, yeah. you yeah. know, if it, and in those moments and they happen, you're not the only one, this, this happens and it never alarms me because what people need to realize is that the creative process is messy. Like it's messy and it's okay. It's supposed to be messy because that's where the inspiration is. And that's where the authenticity is. So I, Mm. the mess, mess never scares me. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) That's why people hire me. They come to me. I always say, I know it feels like there's a million piece puzzle in your mind. I know, but yeah. guess what? I love million piece puzzles. And that is, <laughs> I'm that good is at how your brain works. That's amazing to me. It's like calming the chaos, organizing the chaos. It's a real, I don't know. I would, I would love to know what your like personality types are and stuff. Cause it really, you really do well with bringing it all together and like, you know, organizing people's mess a bit. And that is, that's really powerful. Um, yeah. And even again, seeing the brand come to life on the mood board was kind of like, you see a piece of clothing or an outfit you really love, but then you try it on or whatever. And you're like, oops, or you're like, this will look really good on my that. best friend. You know, exactly. <laughs> For sure. Like, good thing I haven't checked out yet. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> The visual kind of comes together along with some of those compass words, right? And then mm-hmm. you bring that PDF, the three angles to the client, and they can give you feedback from there. And then ultimately, they either pick a winner or they say this one's closed or in the right direction. You kind of keep furthering that mood board, right? Which, um, which also has colors. Mm-hmm. Seems like a big part of it uh, as well. Um, yeah. How do you go about that process? And are there like I know there's kind of like design rules or even like rules with color that maybe are meant to be broken, but mm-hmm. just clue us in on that a little bit. Like, how do you start working with color or bringing color into the picture? 
Well, yeah, there's, there are theories, color psychology, colors yeah. to avoid, colors to gravitate to, orange is optimistic. And I typically don't follow rules mm-hmm. in any <laughs> area of my design business. <laughs> um, I think you get too precious when you try to follow these rules, mm-hmm. um, in my perspective anyway. So how I approach color is I let the client guide me, show me mm-hmm. colors that you like, show me colors you don't like. And, you know, like I said before, I need to see what you don't like as well. Um, and then once I know, you know, the mood we're trying to convey, have an idea for some of the imagery, I wish I could explain my process in words because it's pretty intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um but a lot of times I'm using this little color picker in Adobe Illustrator and picking out little tones within photography mm-hmm. and I'm playing with it. And then I'm thinking about it. Well, how would I, how would this translate on a website? Because, you know, a, a kind of a butterscotchy mustard color, which mm-hmm. sounds like a disgusting baby poop color, but <laughs> sounds like my sweater. Um, but it, <laughs> it can look really, really pretty. And, yeah. and lots of my clients these days are drawn to this color yeah you have to be so careful with it because you put a whole big background on a website and it is like it burns your eyeballs so oh, yeah, I have for sure yeah I have to think about um the palette how it's going to translate on the website it's yeah. not just about does this look good on a little swatch board is this yeah. going to look good across all of your marketing um and yeah I present it to the client and it either clicks or we keep refining and and bringing it into alignment. But in the end too, I should say, um, when I know who your client is, I'm going to advocate for your client. So if you're picking some color that I'm like, nope, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, no, Um, I'll say so just because I know it's not going to support the goal. I think that's important. Again, you know, I was, um, you know, my uncle actually makes custom men's clothing and he made my mm-hmm. uh, my suit for my wedding years ago. And it was some dance between like things that I want and think are cool versus like, don't let me look stupid. You know, like tell, yeah. I want you to tell me how these pants should look or whether this color is um, just going to look super weird and I'm going to be kind of embarrassed, right? Because um, that's his wheelhouse. Yeah. He sits there all day and helps people find that balance between what they like and feel good in and also um, what actually looks good. And I kind of want that opinion. Right. And again, that's part of building trust too. Like I want him to be honest and say that doesn't look right. Or that makes you look, your legs look weird or whatever, I mean, whatever it is um, that mm-hmm. honesty of um, setting me up for success and knowing that like the more we build this brand or in this case, build this suit, like the further we're getting into it. And I do need some of his expertise kind of in tandem with my style, my vibe, all those things. So it's, it's really kind of a delicate process when you're doing that, that part of the the project. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know, my, I really get invested in my client's success. Like I want them to Mm -hmm. succeed. You you came to me because you saw my name at the bottom of somebody else's website. Mm -hmm. So it's important to me that my clients leave my door looking fresh. And so, yeah, I have to, I'm obligated Mm -hmm. to guide them because if they were, (laughs) if they were designers, they'd be designers. They're not, they hired me. And then, 
you know, you also have to think about your website is going on job interviews for you while you're sleeping, while you're eating dinner all the time. And so you, like you were talking about the suits, um, you know, you don't want your website to show up to the job interview in a homemade suit by someone who doesn't understand how to inset a sleeve. And yeah. so I, I think it's important that I guide my clients when I feel like they're kind of veering off into something that's not going to be effective. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, it's also the therapist has to think about their own business. So for, for, for my new practice here, I knew that I wanted the brand to stand on its own two feet and speak for itself and also be a, be the, 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 you know, the strategy of my practice is essentially for the website to do all the heavy lifting of the practice in terms of taking cold leads and turning them into clients, or at least into uh, warm leads who want to book a call with us. And when you're right. doing that, it's really important. Um, now, if it was just me and I'm relying a lot on my connections and referrals and this and that, like I might be able to get away with having more of a, like a portfolio site or like a stock, um, you know, Squarespace template with my name and mm-hmm. like a little bit of blue on it or something, but um, <laughs> trying to build a brand that really stands out, you know, is different, a different story. And especially in a bigger market or market like San Francisco, um, the bar is elevated, right? So you have to think about yeah. that. Um, the market yeah. that you're in, the people you want to serve, right? That was essential too, is I, I would just think of an actual client, you know, who I really love working with and and start to build some of these ideas around them, right? That's to me an easier way to do it than thinking of 20 clients, you know, or all mm-hmm. these different people you work with. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, um, sometimes when clients hit a brick wall in my workbook where I am trying to have them share with me what their ideal client looks like and worries about and and all that, I guess, you know, the ideal client avatar, um, they struggle, you know, I think maybe they're too in the picture. And I mean, I can relate to that too, in the early days of my business. So it can be difficult. But what I'll do is I'll say, okay, just stop what you're doing. Let's get on the phone and talk about this. And then I'll just ask them, tell me about like, don't break confidentiality. I don't live where you live. I'm never going to know this person. But like, tell me about a really great client you work with. What do you love about them? What do you talk about in your sessions? Um, And so going back to your point, just picking one person and thinking about that can Mm. be the starting place for, you know, building up this brand, the visuals of, you know, the logo, the colors, all that, but then getting into the the way the website ought to flow and function, it informs all of that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, if you don't sketch this out ahead of time, it could, again, the project can become untenable very quickly. It's kind of like not having the blueprints for a house and you just start putting up walls and then halfway through you're like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, our, yeah. Our bedroom I think, is four feet wide. Yeah, you know, Squarespace is great because they have these templates that out of the box they look pretty, and you can buy custom Squarespace mm-hmm. templates. Um, but the issue is, it, yeah, you just go in there and you start swapping out pictures, swapping out ipsilorum content, but you're not actually designing the site around a goal and yeah. a strategy. Yeah. And the goal is to get people through that site and to convert in three clicks or less. Like Love that's it. the goal. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's it's funny, yeah, because I always tell people the goal of your site is actually to get people off your site 
and onto a call. Mm-hmm. So if they get really deep in your site, and for instance, and then they can't find a call to action, it's a great way to lose someone, right? If it's oh, hard to navigate, sure. if the call to action is like, if the background is light blue and the call to action is just a little bit of a darker blue, that's a great way yeah. to lose someone as well, right? Because people mm-hmm. reach that decision point, that tipping point in their decision at different points in the site, whether it's the homepage hero image, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, bam, I just, I like the vibe of this already. I'm at least going to book a call. And they think, I don't have a lot to lose by booking a call or maybe I'm going to contact a few different practices, right? Mm -hmm. Some people, some avatars will read every page of the site. They'll read all the nitty gritty. They want to know my license, my whatever, Mm -hmm. right? And they'll have, they'll, they might sleep on it then, right? And bookmark Mm -hmm. the site. So you just got to think that some people need more, some people need less. That being said, people skim websites like never before, right? Right. And bounce rates are higher than ever because people their attention span is getting shorter. Our, our attention span is getting shorter, right? So they land. If you don't hook them with something fairly early on, it's going to be an underwhelming website, an underwhelming experience, right? And then yeah. again, if they've got 10 therapist websites lined up, they're just going to, you know, command W over and over again, closing out tabs until they find something that's a, even just 1% more compelling than the yeah. next one. So, yeah. And it really goes back to, you know, we started talking about building trust with every touch point. Well, when you let somebody free fall, like you just let them wander around your site and just figure it out. I guess I'll get, you know, like that is not trust building. It's not efficient. You're wasting their time, number one, and it doesn't build trust. Um, And, you know, so you were talking about, you know, if you have a button and it's hard to read, Mm -hmm. but the other thing that can be really challenging, and, and I think um, a lot of my consultants and clinicians tend to struggle with this is being overly wordy or being overly complex with the message, Um, you know, short little sentences, simple little words. Um, This is something I learned on, on my journey. Um, my husband is on my team and he handles a lot of the, all the SEO geeky stuff. And he's like, right at a high school level, Dina. Oh yeah. I say third grade level. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to make it so simple and um, yeah. So break up big chunks of text uh, with images and headers. Um, But yeah, we could go into all all of that. Basically we don't want to delay comprehension and we don't want to confuse people. Well, so the, and again, some of the psychology with this is that people, we are designed to preserve energy, preserve calories. We're also designed, we're very uh, attuned to potential threats, right? So something overwhelms me, makes me feel a little bit dumb. I'm gone. That's a threat, right? That's actually a threat to my existence from a evolutionary standpoint, right? So it's, I, I encourage therapists to first write from a copywriter's standpoint, right? Um, and then worry about Google later, right? Because what they tend oh, to do is sure. otherwise just jump in, write a thousand words on a service page because they think that's what will win Google. Mm. The irony is that that, that might've been true at some point, or even like naming your website, like denvercounselingcenter.com. It actually, mm-hmm. it actually, you know, like carried more weight, I think a long time ago than now. I agree. Google's a lot more savvy. They're a lot more, uh, the algorithm is almost like a person and Google mm-hmm. values trust and authority, right? And resonating Is this with good content? Exactly. Does this content answer this question that yeah. this person typed in? <laughs> yeah. And does it build yeah, trust, right? Sure. It's like, 
Yeah. Or is yeah. it a spammy, you know, 2000 word kind of a keyword grabbing post, right? And and you can get technical, but again, I teach copy from a third grade standpoint. Like if you have a third grader at home, try to go tell them what you do. If you help people with trauma, go, yeah. t- go tell that third grader what you do for a living. It's right. a great way to find a tagline or a sub tagline or a mission statement, right? Um, versus sure. getting overly technical, overly jargony. And it's kind of like, well, it's complicated. And when you have a complex trauma, you do EMDR and that has to do with REM sleep and the eye movements. And it's like, people just want to get better, right? You know, and that brings me to something that I have to teach over and over to my clients is that just tell people what they know they want. Tell them what they know they want. Like, yeah, yeah, I know you do cognitive behavior therapy and I know you do all of these things and that is what they need. But at this point, they don't know what they need. They know what they want to buy. So speak to what they want to buy. So, yeah. I promise I didn't pay Dina to say this on the show. (laughs) Speaking my language right now. (laughs) But no, that's... It's the difference between so selling the vehicle versus selling the destination, right? Which is again, people are they're actually trying to see themselves. Here's something interesting. So uh, a long time ago, I bought a Subaru. By a long time ago, you know I have an old car. (laughs) If I'm saying that, (laughs) a really old car, really old Subaru, which is great. And what I I'm always interested in the sales process, and I'm studying what other people are doing. That's the therapist in me. That's also the like business person in me. That's probably why we "Hmm." drive so much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I'm in the car with the guy, the salesperson, and it's a Subaru, and he knows I'm really pre-sold because this is the one I wanted, right? And I like came down just to look at that one. It's stick shift and all these things, but I'm in the car, and he's not selling me the car at all. All he is doing is giving me the next piece of information that I'm asking for to complete the picture in my mind and Mm. trying to see myself in this car and see myself like making a good decision or not today. Mm. Right. So on the other hand, I actually had another experience at the VW dealership where I got in the car and the guy talked my ear off about all the damn features of the car. Right. Right. The horsepower, the zero to 60, the this and that, the warranty. Right. And I'm driving the car and I'm like, Oh dear goodness. Like this sounds complicated, right? (laughs) It's just too much. Um, And he just wasn't tracking where I was, right? Which is, again, Mm -hmm. I'm just looking for that next little piece of information. And so he's confirming it. So I'm in the Subaru and I'm going, does this have anti-lock brakes? And he's going, yep, it's got that. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's, you know, part of you know, you're not, we're not talking about sales calls, but that is part of, you know, this business journey that people have to improve. I mean, the branding, the website, all of it, but being able to hop on a sales call and have a successful sales call, that's a whole nother thing. Um, But I've gotten good at it over the years for that very reason. Like I don't get on a sales call and just start going, and I do this and I do this. I'm like, tell me what you're struggling with. If you had a magic wand, what would you have instead? Like I am just totally listening to what they're giving me and responding only to that. And so, yeah, that's, that's something you can use to inform your copy as well. Well, and I would, man, for the therapist listening, take what, what Dina just said and use that for your initial consults, right? Especially if you're starting out, you're nervous, you're trying to show them how qualified you are, right? Versus sitting back, listening. That magic wand question is great. So we call it the miracle question. If you woke up tomorrow mm-hmm. and everything was as you want it to be, what, how would it be different, right? Yeah. Um, 
and again, just starting to help them visualize a better future. It's extremely yep. powerful. Then you're firing in the right part of the brain, right? And then yep. you start to then align what you do and how you help with that vision of exactly. life being so much better. And then the sale is natural. You don't have to be pushy or whatever, or go back and tell them how fast you can get the website done, right? Or how many degrees you have. Mm-hmm. They've just sold themselves. Yep. Early on, I when I was building my business, um, I had a coach. Because being a business owner, as you know, it's a journey that is going to bump you up against all your insecurities, all your limits, all your stories and beliefs. So thank goodness I hired a coach. But um, because I was terrified to get on the phone and sell my services. And she said, what? what are you really scared of? Like, what, mm-hmm. what's the fear? And I said, well, what, what if they ask me a question and I don't know the answer? And she said, here's the deal. You don't need to know the most. Mm-hmm. You need to care the most. There you and go. if you care the most, then you're not focused on what you're going to say. You're focused on listening and mm-hmm. asking questions that get them talking. Anyway, that was Amazing. such a shift for me. And I didn't instantly solve my <laughs> insecurities and fears, but it gave me something to practice over and over. And so now what once used to terrify me getting on the phone with people, I love it. I love showing up to calls and meeting people from all over the world. Mm. So yeah. That's anyway. awesome. No, that's huge. It's, it's um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's parallels with therapy with that for sure. The parallel would be, especially newer therapists, they tend to think if I haven't gone through exactly what the client has gone through, I'm not going to be an effective therapist for them, mm-hmm. which would mean most of therapy is impossible to do, right? Because if you're seeing hey. 20 people in a week, they've got so many vast, unique experiences. Um, yeah. You'll never have all the overlap, right? To truly say, oh yeah, I'm an expert in that and that and that and that. Exactly. It is more about being with. It's more about tracking them. It's more about, again, your presence and just going, I'm actually going to let the client be the expert in their life. And I haven't been through that. So why don't you tell me exactly what that was like? So yeah. It's actually really powerful. Um, you know, I, I worked with a client years ago who was a, a teenager, been really misunderstood their entire life. We were driving in the car one day and he had been so conditioned by people in his life going, I know what you're going through. I know this. I know what it's like to be a teenager. You know what I mean? You're going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, everyone already had him figured out, right? And he told yeah. me that. So he said, you're just another counselor. You know, what's, what's the use in telling you this stuff? Because everyone already knows how my life is going to go and what's wrong with me and this and that. And that was a perfect moment for me to just go, um, tell me what it's been like, right? So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just start completely from scratch and go, you tell me what your life has been like, because you're kind of the expert in your life. Um, and no one had ever done that for him, right? Mm-hmm. So it was really powerful kind of clinical intervention. And again, like for bridging the gap with your business or just being curious about what a potential customer is going through um, is, is, is super powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. It stuck out. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I can ask you one more question and then I promise we'll, we'll start wrapping up. Um, it, so, so copy is a big thing, right? And a lot of therapists um, are either writing their own copy or maybe getting some help, but I think, I think it's a useful skill to just be able to even write a, a piece of copy or a landing page, right? Yeah. If you had to show someone or give someone just a couple of your kind of favorite tips on doing that, what, what would you tell them? 
Well, there is a resource that I recommend to all of my clients mm-hmm. because you're right. Copy is essential. You have to be able to write. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the reminder, your appointment reminder emails mm-hmm. to blog posts to worksheet, everything. It's all you have to write. You have to. So <laughs> the resource that I recommend over and over, I'm going to grab it really quick, <laughs> yeah, but sure. it's this book called Everybody Writes. Huh. Have you heard, heard of, of this book? No, I haven't. So I'm, I'm interested. Okay. Uh, it's by Anne Handley, H-A-N-D-L-E-Y. I'm surprised if the link to it, but anyway, um, this book, if you want to know how to write for web for marketing purposes online, just get this book. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. just filled with so much great practical cool. instruction you can implement right away. Um, but what I would say for my own um, you know, insights I would share with a client is always put your customer in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Avoid starting a lot of sentences with I and my yeah. and all of that. And it's yeah. you. And the metaphor that I use is when somebody gets to your website, you want them to feel like they're looking in a mirror and seeing themselves. Nice. Um, your copy needs to, well, first off the top banner part of your website, that copy is critical because mm-hmm. you've got five to seven seconds to mm-hmm. get people scrolling or into the site. Um, but that has to answer three questions very quickly. And those mm-hmm. questions are, what is this? Who is this for? And what do I get? Mm-hmm. And you can answer those questions nice. with like a sentence and a picture, <laughs> kind of like we did on your site. You know, it exactly. doesn't have to have a lot. Yeah. And then you start uh, giving a little bit more information as you as you move down the page. Yeah. I have a whole kind of breakdown with what I think an ideal homepage, mm-hmm. how it should be structured with its copy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the the key really is to don't waste their time and make sure they know they're in the right place mm. and make sure they know who you help and how. That's great. Yeah. Even the way you describe it is very simple. <laughs> <Just not, laughs> kind of like, you can get good at copy. It actually makes you a better speaker, right? Or a better um, uh, podcast guest. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so it's <laughs> right or again like if you if you meet someone on the street and they want to know what you do like if you've got some decent copy under your belt you'll actually be more concise about how you help people oh yeah i think even sending emails mm-hmm. out to people like when somebody sends me an email and there's like six paragraphs this long i'm like i got stuff yeah, to do today <laughs> like seriously three sentences could have covered it so um, you know, it just makes you more effective in your communication all the way around. And I feel like, you know, you said this earlier, whether you're sending an email or you're meeting somebody at a networking event, it's all marketing. <laughs> you're always selling. Exactly. And, and for someone who has a business called Simple and Soulful, that sounds pretty aggressive. You're always selling. But when you're in business for yourself, you are, you have to be, you have to think that way. And for me, selling is not a dirty word. It's a great word. I love to sell. It's all about welcoming and inviting and nurturing. And so, yeah. Well, if you believe in what you do, selling is just helping more people, which I don't know how that could be a bad thing. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, this has been very fun and um, hopefully not as scary as, we thought it could have been. 
it wasn't scary at all. You're going to be doing this every week now. This is like, this is going to be your new, your new thing. Oh, well, I just really appreciate that you wanted to visit with me. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's, that means a lot to me. Um, We're going to put a link obviously to your site in the description and everything. Simpleandsoulful.com. All one word, simpleandsoulful.com great way to uh, reach out to Dina, get in touch, schedule that call um, and uh, um, you know, get some help with, with every part of really your, your website process, your brand process, logo and design Um, really um, nice to just, again, get it all in one place. So um, Dina, thanks again for doing this. Lots of fun. And um, we'll have you on again sometime soon. Okay. That sounds great. Thank you so much, John. There you have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Quick reminder, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. Also, jump over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel there. We are publishing a ton there. That channel continues to grow at a very fast rate. Just go to youtube.com, search for Private Practice Workshop, click subscribe. I'll see you soon. 